Okay, well, I'm super excited to have Scott Edwards join me on this call. Uh, Scott's a real estate investor. He's done some residential, some Airbnb, and some commercial. And he's also growing a YouTube channel, uh, providing a tons of, tons of value on real estate. Uh, I'll leave a link to, to your uh, uh, YouTube channel in the description, Scott. But uh, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me on this call. Thanks for having me. So let's start by just getting some of your background. Uh, like, as I mentioned, you've, you're into residential, you've done some Airbnb, you've done some commercial. Uh, maybe we'll start with how you got into uh, residential in the first place. Sure. Okay. Sounds great. So I'm 34 years old now. I bought my first residential property when I was 25, so about 10 years ago. And I looked at that as an investment because my initial goal was to do what's called house hacking, which I'm sure you and many of your viewers know where you buy a fourplex and you live in one unit and you rent the others out. But the market was so competitive around here at the time that I couldn't find a, a multifamily. So instead I just bought a regular single family residence and I had roommates instead. So that was my first quote unquote deal. And I attribute that deal to be what one of the, the, the few things that inspired me to get involved in actually real estate investing because it was a flip. So I bought the house for $179,000 and I was going back in tax records and I realized that the people I bought the house from bought it six months prior for like 103,000. So I was like, whoa, these guys might be onto something here. And it was a perfect first home for me. You know, it was turnkey, nicely finished. And so that was my first deal that inspired me to get into investing in real estate. And then my first official deal after I had created my business was about a year later. And that was a house flip in the same part of town, Scottsdale. Oh, so that's interesting. And that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you too, is it was on your investing strategy. If, if you're more into the flipping or if you're a long-term hold, and I'm guessing it's probably property specific as well, but where, where do you generally uh, scope out deals and what's your horizon on how long you're going to hold something for? Yeah, good question. I mean, I'm flexible, you know, so I think it definitely depends on the deal. Initially, my goal was I need to flip as many houses as possible because, you know, I I just I don't have a boatload of money to work with or I, I definitely didn't at the time. And so I wanted to establish a pool of capital from flipping a bunch of houses and then slowly deploy that capital into buy and hold properties which is kind of the transition and chapter that I'm going through right now in my investing journey. The past 10 years roughly have been predominantly flips, new builds, wholesaling, things like that. Mm -hmm. I, I dabbled with the Airbnb model, as you know, I say dabbled, but I got in and out of a total of three. So I went pretty heavy on Airbnb for a while thinking that that would be my stream of passive income, but I've been open-minded to all things real estate, but focus mainly on building a pool of capital over the past 10 years so that over the course of the next 10 years, I can deploy that capital into long-term rentals. I think you've got a really fascinating story having started in residential real estate investing, which is how a lot of uh, investors start. They start with something that they're already familiar with, and then they grow their portfolio either by adding more uh, houses or they get into different revenue streams like the Airbnb. I think you've got a unique story in that you've, you've actually done the transition from residential to now uh, looking at commercial deals as well. So what's what's been your journey to make that leap? Because it is, and we, you and I have talked about this before, it is a big leap to go to from something that you're very familiar with to something that we, we aren't taught in school how to invest in commercial real estate. So how did you make that jump? Well said. You're not taught this in school. And 
it's the jump has been a slow progression, but if I really think back, what stands out the most to me is probably around three or four years ago is when I decided that I wanted to start creating streams of more quote unquote passive income, even though most streams of real estate investing still are, are still somewhat active. They're not totally passive as you know, but when I made that decision, I started doing a lot of studying on multifamily and I started looking at the, the, the OMs for multifamily properties in my area and connecting with multifamily brokers and touring multifamily properties and even putting offers out there on 10 or 15 units. But there's, there was and still is just so much competition in multifamily. I, th I think because most other investors like me who are stepping from residential to commercial, that's comfortable to them. They're just renting to people who are going to live in the apartments and it makes sense. Rent it to 10 different people on 12 month leases and it's clean and comfortable and easy. So that was, I spent a lot of years trying to, trying to get my foot into the multifamily space and I just couldn't because I wasn't willing to overpay for a property. I, you know, with my residential experience, I knew that I wanted to get into a deal where I could add value and I just didn't see opportunities like that in my market. I wasn't comfortable going into any other market. I wanted to stay local where I could be my own boots on the ground and walk the property myself, touch and feel them. So ultimately I ended up looking into other commercial niches. And as you know, I landed on my first commercial deal last year, which was medical condo unit. And one of the many things I learned in pursuit of that deal and through getting in and out of that deal is that it's less competitive just because people don't understand it. It's looking back to me, it was actually cleaner and simpler than multifamily even would have been, but it, but people just can't wrap their head around the idea of renting the property out to a business rather than just a person who's looking for a roof over their head. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I hear that all the time uh, myself. And, and like you, I got my start in residential real estate investing and moved over to industrial. Uh, and I've found that there's, there's just a spectrum. On one end, you have these really sophisticated institutional investors that, that have internal real estate departments and analysts, and they have all the resources you can imagine. So they're very sophisticated buyers. And on the other end are people like you and I, who are trying to learn it from, from the beginning. And the goal is to move away from that one end of the spectrum somewhere towards the more sophisticated end. And you can only do that by, by actually going through the motions of, of learning about the properties, learning the language, learning how you actually lease to corporations as opposed to homeowners. So I, I I applaud you for taking that step uh, a year ago because a lot of people just aren't comfortable doing it. Uh, how has it been in the, in the year that you've had it going through arguably the craziest time in our lifetimes uh, with COVID? I was extremely nervous getting into the deal due to the environment and the, the strain on the economy. One of the things that I've talked about on my channel that I really liked about this deal is that I felt like it was somewhat recession proof. The space that I bought was uh, previously occupied by a plastic surgeon. And so it was built out medical space with many exam rooms, a surgery center, the receptionist area, a break room, some offices in the back. And so I looked at it as a property that I, I got a great deal on it, first of all, because I, I purchased it vacant. And then a property that 
I will for sure be able to occupy, I will be able to find a dentist or a primary care doctor or an eye doctor or a foot doctor or, or there will be some medical professional who can occupy this space and when they do they'll be able to weather any storm in the economy was kind of my general outlook or impression on it so it's funny that you bring up the illness and how that what how that impacted my investing strategy and it made me much more confident in investing in medical because I felt like that was one pocket that would not be hit versus residential, for instance, maybe would be for a variety of reasons. So you have a tenant in there now and cash flowing? So that property actually, the long story short is I purchased it vacant somewhere around the summer of last year. And after about three months, found a tenant, but it was a tenant who was interested in ultimately purchasing the property. They love the space so much in the location. And so we negotiated a deal where they were only my tenant for a couple of months. We actually just closed on the deal and I sold it to the, these, these tenants in uh, January. So what was that six weeks ago or something? Well, congrats on the sale. Thank you. It was bittersweet you know, because here I was finally acquiring my first long-term hold. I planned on holding this for at least five years. You know, I, I planned on landing a tenant for five years, restructuring the lease and reselling in five years time. But of course I found someone who loved the space. So you, as you know, in this business, you need to be willing to adapt. And so I felt like after, after underwriting the deal on my terms and looking at the outcome of selling today versus holding for five years, it made more sense to sell. Uh, but that put me here on the next quest to find another similar deal. And it's been challenging. Yeah, well, the market is already starting to heat up unless you're taking on a property with a lot of risk to try and get an investment grade property. It's, it's tough all over North America. So do you, do you still have the itch to go commercial or, or do you go back to the roots and look for residential again? I'm open-minded to all opportunities now. There's a number of agents that I work with, residential and commercial, and I've told them all the same thing that, hey, I'm open-minded to any opportunity, so put them in front of me. At this point, I've been doing it long enough to where it doesn't take me a whole lot of time to underwrite a deal or decide whether or not it's a good fit for me. I'm And I'm pretty, uh, what's, what's the right word? I'm pretty picky in particular in terms of the location that I want to be in. And I know that this this circle very well. And so if someone sends me a deal that's within this circle, whether it's residential or commercial, I'll be able to figure out quickly whether or not it's a good fit. But to answer your question more specifically, I'm looking for both. I'd like to get into another similar medical condo unit at a similar price point at, to this last deal I did last year. But I'd also like to continue to build capital on the side through residential flips because in my market, there's... There, there's such a su supply and demand issue right now that I and I anticipate there being a lot of residential demand for the foreseeable future. And so I want to ride that wave while also accumulating the buy and holds in commercial. You've touched on actually like three really good points for people that are considering investing in real estate. Uh, first is to be adaptable and pivot even though you had a long-term objective with that property, an opportunity came up uh, and you you took advantage of it. You weren't emotionally tied to it and it's just a pure business decision. Uh, and the second uh, that, that I'm taking from you is uh, you're, you're open-minded to everything. You're not saying, I just want to get a medical. You're looking at other opportunities. So you've got feelers out there for people bringing you deals. Uh, and then the third point, which I think is also imperative to stress is that you're very picky. Uh, and I think there's a temptation with a lot of investors to rush into things and they just want to 
get a deal so badly that that they might jump on something that doesn't necessarily make sense, but they just really they have money burning a hole in their pocket. So I think in that short time time frame that we've already chatted, you've, you've given a ton of uh, information to people that would be considering investing. Uh, so I, I guess to, to follow up with that, where are you where are you searching for deals? Are, are you are you just got agents looking? Are you doing it yourself? What would you say to to an investor that is wanting to get into the space right now? I think I mean as far as finding deals goes, to me, what is most valuable is that I built a pretty large network of people. So there are a lot of people in town who know what I'm looking for. And that's important because I still do drive around looking for for sale signs before the properties hit the market. I'll call the listing agents myself and try to negotiate or work deals out directly with listing agents. Um, I make a lot of calls and do a lot of follow-up texts and emails to agents that I know are out there with uh, with my criteria in mind, just to kind of touch base with them and keep me top of mind for them. But I think to newer investors, that's my best feedback is that if you don't have a network, just start talking to people. Like when I first got started in this, I didn't know anybody in the business. And so the first thing that I did and the easiest thing was that every street I drove down, if I saw for sale sign up out front, I'd pick up the phone and call the agent. And I got a lot of practice at talking with agents and I learned a lot in talking with these agents because some of them were experts, you know, they'd been in the business for 20 years. And so they knew the area and the market well. And so I started establishing relationships with agents and then, you know, picking out the ones that I felt like I had good chemistry with and saving their information. And now after all this time has passed, I just have made so many strong connections just through not being afraid to pick up the phone and have a conversation with somebody. And so that's what I would encourage everyone to do is meet as many agents as you can, contractors, staging companies, designers, just people in the business, because ultimately long-term those relationships start to pay off. Yeah, they really do. That's that's well said. And, and I think that that's a natural transition uh, because I want to talk about your YouTube channel. That's how you and I connected in the first place. Yep. And and what I, what I really value about your channel is that you go well beyond just the superficial rhetoric that, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of this on YouTube as well, of, of someone that starts a channel and it's just high level uh, rhetoric on, 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 on how good investing is and how you can make money in it, but it doesn't really dive much deeper beyond the topic. Whereas your channel does, you you've gone into some great detail on, on some of the deals that you've done, uh, Airbnb, uh, the processes that you do. And then you also just provide a lot of value. A video that you just put out the other day was to guard against freezing pipes. And, and I have to think somebody out there watched that video and took proactive measures and, and potentially even save themselves a heartache. So I think you really do go uh, into great value on that. And I'll leave a uh, link to your channel in this description on this, but I really wanted to, to get your sense on YouTube on, on why you got into YouTube. You've obviously got a successful career going, you're a successful investor. What was the angle getting into YouTube? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And Sometimes I ask myself that with how many hours you put into it every week. It's like, geez. But there's, there's a few reasons why I got into it. But long term, I've always been passionate about mentoring people and developing people. In my corporate job, which we haven't touched on that, we don't necessarily need to, but in my corporate job, I kind of climbed up the corporate, corporate ladder and found myself in a position where I was managing people at a pretty young age. And I always got a lot of fulfillment from just leading people and developing people and coaching people. And so 
if I looked at the long-term trajectory of my life, I always found myself being a mentor type figure. And, um, you know, whether it was writing a book or whatever, I didn't have it figured out as to how I'd be that person. But I just, I knew that at some point in life, I wanted to be that person. And through watching channels like Graham Steph and the big ones who are educating the world on things like personal finance or stocks or investing, I found YouTube as just a viewer and a consumer of content. I was like, wait a second, there's something here. I could, this could be my platform to be a mentor to people. So um, I, I started to kind of dabble with the idea years ago and I finally had the courage to just do it about eight months ago or so and started cranking out videos. At first I was very awkward on camera. Sometimes <laughs> I still am, you know, and I feel like the, the, the quality of my content improves every video, but that's all I'm striving to do at this point is just continue to, like you said, add value to people's lives. And then it, of course it should go without saying that long-term I'd, I'd hope that it would be an additional revenue stream for me. Um, and whether, and I don't even know what that looks like yet, whether it's Google AdSense or affiliates or sponsorships or writing a book or, apparel or a course or you know those those things aren't even defined for me yet because at this point what's most important is that if i do grow an audience on youtube what is that audience looking for out of me because i want to kind of pay it forward and you know when you look at 10 years of investing and you know this with your experience 10 years of investing sounds like a long time but it's really even longer when you think about the daily grind and the out and countless hours uh of experience and failures that you've gone through and things that you've learned from that. So it's just all about sharing those experiences with the world. Yeah. And, and your production value is, is very high. So not only are you giving value, but you've clearly put a lot of thought into just how your studio looks, how you're producing your videos, you're, you're putting a lot of value into it. And, and I can echo that comment as well uh, for how I started and how I felt awkward and still do feel awkward. I did, I did an interview uh, a week or so ago and at the beginning of the interview, I said something that made no sense whatsoever. It's a completely illogical sentence. Uh, but but I, I was thinking back on it. Do I do I try and cut that out and stitch together a video to to erase that? And I just thought, you know what? Just you got to let things like that go because uh, it's it's part of who you are. And and I think on YouTube specifically, it's not necessarily having the most finely tuned video it's just providing value i think the audience wants to see value more than they want to see like a hollywood production so i i can relate to that sense of being awkward but uh, sometimes done is better than perfect i guess eh? for sure and, and compliments to your channel too i enjoy your videos and your production value as well and so that just goes to show that if you know you as the creator might be your biggest critic but the the audience and the viewers look at look at you differently yeah. And I think as long as you're putting out good quality information and good quality value that people are going to come away from it with knowledge or a piece of insight that they didn't have before. I think that's really uh, where you and I share a lot of similarities is, is just put out some good content. I hope that people that it resonates with people. And, and if it does, they'll come back and that's how you just incrementally grow your channel. So uh, I really enjoyed uh, getting to see your videos and getting to know you uh, over these, these last months as well. Uh, great to put a, a face to, to the conversation as opposed to just having that one-way dialogue with a, with a YouTube video. But uh, I just yeah. wanted to, uh, to commend you on how great of a job you're doing with your channel and, and providing value. Thanks. I, yep, I really appreciate that. And I think it's important to anyone out there who's thinking about creating a channel themselves is to really think about what you enjoy talking about and what you are an expert in. 
because whenever I was first starting my channel, I thought, oh, I could I could talk about stocks or personal finance or whatever. Like there's some topics that might resonate with more people or that might help me to grow a following faster. But I knew that long term, I wouldn't have that sense of fulfillment because I just love real estate. You know, it's like I really like I wake up every morning. It's like, what do I want to do today? I want to invest in real estate. I want to look at deals. I want to talk about deals. And so I think that's what's important is picking a niche that you really enjoy talking about because you're going to be talking a lot about it whenever you're filming your videos and editing your videos. So you might as well pick something you enjoy. I couldn't agree with you more. I went through that exact same trajectory when I was starting is how, how wide do I go versus just having a passionate for, for what you talk about. And, and I, I went very specific on industrial real estate with that exact same thought in mind is I, I'd rather reach uh, an audience that I'm passionate talking about as opposed to trying to be all things to all people. So uh, I, I went through that exact same process as you. And I think that's great advice for people starting out. Yeah, that's awesome. See, we're very similar here. We are. Uh, so I know you're a busy guy. Uh, one last question I just wanted to end with, uh, and, and that's what's, what do you see in store now that we're cu- coming through this illness? It looks, people are starting to get immunized. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. What's, what's your projection for what we have in store for the rest of 2021 and even going, going forward? Oh, geez, that's a loaded one. I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did, but my projection, I mean, if I spoke to my local market, which is what I'm more of an expert in, is that locally, the projection for residential real estate is strong, commercial real estate is strong. There's a lot of growth in my area. Um, you know, worldwide, I think I'm, I, the, the vaccine production, I know, was slow at first, but now we're, we're vaccinating a lot of people at a pretty good pace. And um, you know, whether or not you're interested in getting vaccinated, I think a combination of someone of, of a pool of people getting vaccinated plus a pool of people who have already been sick and recovered means we will reach herd immunity at some point, you know, and we'll finally re- uh, land it, it, ourselves in a place where um, we've learned how to live with this or we've put it behind us. And I'm just really looking forward to that. I mean, I know that this is an, an investment focused interview, but I'm just looking forward to that for the mental health of so many people from, you know, kids to teenagers, to adults, to the elderly, like being able to just get out and enjoy life again and, and spend quality time with people you love. Like that's, I think what's more important than anything else and what life's all about. And so I'm so much looking forward to that milestone. And I feel like within six to 12 months, we'll be there and can't wait. And you hit on a really good point. I mean, all this investing talk is is pointless if you don't actually have something to spend the proceeds on and actually enjoy life. And and I'm with you. I I can't wait to hang out with friends and family again in person. And and as good as these Zoom calls are, I I really long for that human interaction. So uh, the investment t- topic is certainly important, but uh, at the end of the day, there's things far more important than than investing. So I appreciate you touching on that. Yep, I agree. Well, thanks so much, Scott. I really appreciate the chat. And uh, again, I'll put a, a link to your YouTube channel and encourage people to, to go check it out because you really do put a lot of thought and attention into your videos. And And I look forward to, uh, as a subscriber and fan of yours to watching more. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate that. And I look forward to continuing to follow you and let's stay in touch. Let's talk real estate again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. All right. See you. Have a good okay. one. Take care.